Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. All right, welcome to another edition of the Wolf Packers show. We got an awesome show for you tonight, uh, or morning, or whenever you listen to this. But uh, before we get started, just a few housekeeping options. As you know, I always have my goal to get this done in two to three minutes. So let's see how I can do today. Uh, first off, please. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch this video. We are right at 2,000, I think, which is really cool. Um, it helps us out. There's a lot of good for us. If you follow us on YouTube, uh, you can check out all of our Wolfpacker uh, shows. And once football season gets started and camp season in June, we'll get a lot more videos up there for you as well. Please uh, rate and review these podcasts wherever you listen to them, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever. That helps us out, too. Drop a comment if you want. Um, I don't know. Take something nice, preferably. Um, a reminder that um, please take advantage of the on three deal going on right now. I, 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 I said before, they, they get less and less appealing. So they're going to come a point where they're not doing any more deals. So this is you're running out of time to join the website on these nice deals. Um, we got a lot of information. Actually, a uh, nice women's basketball commitment. And if, if you subscribe to the Warpacker, you knew that was coming a couple of days ago. So um, and then last but not least, uh, check out our sponsor, rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E-S-H-O-P.com. They got all your natural cannabis needs. It's a legal product. They're safe products. If you have um, anxiety issues or if you have chronic pain issues or maybe you suffer from sleep deprivation this is something you might want to try if it hasn't worked for you before if some, if other things have not worked for you 
maybe give this a try. It's a small outfit, a husband and wife, um, small company. Uh, they're on our message board. If you have questions, they have a live chat feature with the actual human being. It's not an AI bot on the other end that will listen to you uh, and help you out with their product. So give them a check. I did that in two minutes and 10 seconds. Very good. All right. So let's get to the actual highlight of the show. I wanted to bring on our, next, our guest today because she wrote a very long article. I don't know how many thousand words it was on theathletic.com, which is awesome. it's, it's a great website. Um, and it dealt with the question of, in essence, why has an NC State won an ACC championship in 40 years? Um, I think the headline is, NC State football and the never-ending search for the elusive ACC championship. So with that, uh, college football staff writer Grace Rayner, who, who did the article, joins us. Grace was very kind to do this on quick notice, I might add. So <laughs> very impressed. Um, Grace, this big picture. What kind of, how did this piece come about? Right? What's the background and, and the history of putting this together and why this was put together yeah so well thanks for having me first of all uh second of all you might hear my dishwasher in the background so just <laughs> ignore that um <laughs> but we are working on a series at the athletic um sort of examining 2023 college football teams that we have found to be the most intriguing for whatever reason whether that is um are they primed for a breakout are they struggling to find some sort of consistency um, just kind of looking at interesting programs, what's gone wrong, what's gone right. Um, and I, I got NC State. We kicked it off this week. Um, and so, yeah, just taking sort of a, a bigger picture look at NC State and, and just sort of where, where they are historically and currently. So NC State got first billing? They did. Yes, they did. I do not know how the schedule was made, but NC State was up first. Yes. When you um... – and I want wait, don't want to give away too much of the story because people should subscribe to your website, The Athletic, to read it. But one of the things that stood out to me was you had a stat about the last five coaches at NC State and how they all had winning records. And I'll let you kind of go into it, um, but I did not know that. And it actually quite – it floored me when I saw it. I, I was like, wow. I mean – what was your takeaway when you researched that and saw that? I mean, what's your takeaway when you look at that? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I have to give a lot of credit to my editor, Mitch Light. He was the one who helped me with that stat. He is a stats guru. Um, and we were just kind of trying to look at a way, because at first we were looking at NC State in terms of obviously the big stat, right? They haven't won an ACC title since 1979. And the second one being um, they've had one 10-win season in, in their history. And so those were sort of the obvious ones, but sometimes we, we figured it can be a little finicky sometimes to look at teams based on 10 win seasons. And we were just looking at a way to contextualize what we thought was the, the meat and potatoes of this story, which is that NC state has historically been really solid. Like this is a program that has been really good, um, but just hasn't been able to get over that hump. And so Mitch was researching it and he found that, a pretty stunning stat. I agree with you. Um, the program's last five coaches have had a winning record at the school. Um, only 10 other power five programs can make that claim. And nine of those 10 
have won at, at least one national championship and Oregon has won multiple. And so when you look at the company that NC state keeps, it's kind of stunning. Um, but I think shows that they've, they're, they're right there with, with some of the best programs in the country, but just have not been able to, to take the next step and get over that hump. Yeah. You talked to a lot of people in this story. Um, you know, how did that kind of come about? How did you kind of pick who you wanted to talk to? But, and when you talked to them, did you get an eye? It didn't seem like there was a consensus, right? It seemed like there was, this was one theory about why it might not be. Here's another theory about why it might not be. What would your takeaway from all of that? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. And I and I wanted to talk to players from different decades and different generations of NC State football just to sort of get a, a mix of views. Um, I knew I wanted to talk to Mike Lennon. Just, I thought he was the perfect person to talk to, someone who – has been there somewhat recently, um, but still has enough experience as a spectator and can sort of speak to, you know, the, the 2000s of the program. And then I wanted to talk to some people in the 70s who were on the teams that that were winning it. Uh, talk to, to Jim Richter, Richard, I can never say his last name. I, I feel bad saying that. Um, I think it's Richter. Um, he was the center on the 1979 team. And obviously they, they, they won the ACC title. And so I just wanted to get a mix of backgrounds of sort of new and old um, and just people with different perspectives, but you're right. There was not a consensus. Um, There were a lot of different theories. Uh, One of my favorite quotes in there was from Jim saying, you know, if I, if I knew that I would uh, be making a lot of money, (laughs) a lot of money right now. Um, And I don't think it's one thing, right? I think it's just a a conglomeration of a lot of different factors. But I thought that was fascinating, too, that no one had one specific theory. You, I mean, you're you're a native from North Carolina, if I I recall reading your bio correctly. You're from the mountains. I am, yep. You you went to the school down the road, we'll just say that. Um, (laughs) And then uh, you covered Clemson. So you, you haven't been, like, all in on NC State, but you've seen NC State on the periphery, I guess you could say. So sure. Maybe help out an NC State fan, if, if we kind of talked about before we started. What is that, you think, that perception of NC State from those who are not necessarily the, the passionate Wolfpack Nation fan? My perception of NC State has been, it seems like, especially in recent years, and and I'm, I don't think I'm the only media member who does this, I go into the season thinking, this is going to be NC State's year, and I can really talk myself into it. And and I really felt that way last year, for sure. Um, I just thought that that was going to be NC State's breakthrough, and obviously the injuries at the quarterback position changed the entire landscape of that season. Um, but every year, I think that there's a chance that NC State can sort of take that next step. I covered Clemson um, through – I started covering them in 2017 and I covered them through 2021. So I saw, I sort of started to see the beginning of their struggles a little bit. Um, and I could, I saw a lot of holes in the 2021 and 2022 team. And I, I really thought after we saw NC state beat Clemson and Raleigh and there's that lasting image of Dave Doran, you know, smoking a cigar, drinking out of a solo cup, which was awesome. Um, I thought that that was going to sort of be the beginning of, of maybe a, a little bit of a power shift or at least NC State catching up a little bit. Um, and then he- here we are. Obviously, again, injuries took their toll, but it just seems like every year seems to be the year and then something happens every time. Yeah. What did um, – you mentioned it briefly. I want to – you mentioned there is a website about called NC State. I'll, say, I'll just say stuff. Stuff. <laughs> 
Um, did you have a lot of people talking about that when you talked about NC State? Just the bad luck? I mean, you, you did mention the Kyle Bambard kick at Clemson, but, I, you know, there are other countless examples. I always point to the year after in 2017 where NC State, I thought, was actually a really good team. And I think they were the second best team in the ACC with Clemson, who that was the Kelly Bryant year, like that was the year in between Watson yep. and Lawrence. And they came to Raleigh. And I actually felt like NC State played better that day in Raleigh against Clemson than the year before, where I thought maybe some fluky stuff kind of happened with a pick six and a turnover near the end zone for Clemson. Uh, and then NC State was driving. They're down by seven. They had a pass play, I think, to get to like the one or two yard line with 10 or 15 seconds left, but they had a penalty, the correct call on the penalty. And then Ryan Finley threw an interception later after that. Um, it always seemed to be little stuff like that. Did you have anybody subscribe to NC State stuff? <laughs> I know Dave Dorn believed it, but did anybody bring it up to you? Yeah, I mean, when I was talking to Mike Devine, um, he was a defensive back in the in the early 70s, I think 72 to 75. And that was when it sort of first piqued my interest because he was saying, you know, in college football these days, first of all, it's really hard to win and it's getting a lot harder. Um, and he, his point was you have to have depth. You have to have a great quarterback. You have to have all of these things. And, and then at the end, he was like, and you have to have a little bit of luck. Um, and that's what so, sort of sent me down this uh, deep dive of NC State stuff, if you will. Um, and of course, I was familiar with um, – the bowl game getting canceled, the college world series, you know, all of these unfortunate things that, that seem to happen to NC state. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I talked to one of the Bucky brothers was saying he didn't really subscribe to it because, you know, you sort of create your own opportunities and he thought it was maybe a little bit of a crutch that, that fans used when things went wrong. But I, I, I subscribe to it a little bit. I mean, I just think that there are certain things NC state of course can control, right? Like, um, throwing interceptions at inopportune times, uh, all all of the all of the plays that have not gone their way, penalties. But then you look at it last year, and this is supposed to be their year, and they're on their fourth quarterback. I mean, you're you're just your heart goes out to them a little bit, thinking this is finally going to be it, and then here they are on their fourth string quarterback. I wanted to get into a couple of things too about um, I know this was one that we kind of brought up on a message board, the UNC perception that I think it was was it Bucky that Don Bucky that brought it up and um this one i think it was dave bucky yep dave bucky, I'm sorry. yep both of them were in it but yes i think dave was the one who brought up unc yeah um i've always thought that this is my theory you can correct me uh, or give me your take on it i always thought that nc state and unc both struggle obviously to get football and football i mean unc you mentioned in the story unc's last acc title was just one year after yeah nc state's last acc title I just feel like in this state, of the problem is if you have two schools who, A, struggle, and, and you do, I should mention, cover recruiting a little bit for the athletic. A, even now with the NIL, it's going to get harder. It's hard to keep the premier players in the state of North Carolina. There is depth of talent in North Carolina, but when you remove a good chunk of the top 10 off the top of the list because – they're going to Notre Dame or Ohio State or Clemson or Georgia. And then you got NC State in North Carolina trying to battle for 10 through 30 
in the state. It just gets to a point where then it becomes hard to get an accumulate enough talent because neither school really can go to a Georgia or a Florida and beat out a Georgia or a Florida for one of those top top players. And that's kind of why I always felt like there is a, a UNC Brandon issue, obviously would send it around basketball a lot in a lot, but that was always my take. That's what made it hard. Uh, I had a former assistant coach at NC State once tell me he knew right away who was a UNC kid and who was an NC State kid. They very rarely actually recruited against each other. Mm-hmm. But that's what I took away from the, the – I didn't know what your thoughts about that whole dynamic of, of sharing the neighborhood with Chapel Hill. Yeah. One of the things that, that didn't make the article that I thought was really interesting when Dave Bucky made that – comment about just battling perception and, and UNC's brand. Mm-hmm. He was talking about a former coach that he had um, who said, I, I need to make sure that I get this right. Yeah. Who said basically that UNC is starting off with a 60, 40 advantage. When UNC wins the game against NC state, that advantage goes up to 70, 30, but when NC state wins the game, it's still 50, 50. And so when you're beating North Carolina, if you're NC State, and the best you can still do, in this coach's opinion, is 50-50. It's just a really – it's just a hard place to be. Um, and you're right. A lot of the top kids in North Carolina have SEC options now. Obviously, both schools are are stuck in the ACC right now. And so, from a revenue standpoint, the ACC is getting, about to get lapped um, from the Big Ten and the SEC. So, that's going to be part of it. Um, geographically – North Carolina is not far from Clemson. It's not far from South Carolina. It's not that far from Georgia. Um, so they are, there are some powerhouse options around. Um, and it's just hard. I mean, you look at this this class alone, I think has been so telling. And we, we've talked about this a lot at The Athletic. Jaden Davis, a five-star quarterback out of Charlotte, is going to Michigan and was always going to Michigan. You know, like none of the UNC, none of the UNC system schools really were ever in it. And I think that that's really telling. And it's just – it's a tough place to be. Um, but I don't know. That's why I think part of this is so fascinating too. And and I think that's why Doran has been celebrated for the way he's developed kids, but, but certainly landing high caliber talent. Um, if you're a North Carolina school right now is, is getting harder. Yeah. I, I should note you did talk to Dave Doran, uh, for this article. I did. Uh, yeah. What would you kind of hit, can you share some of his thoughts about, I, I'm, I, you know, he's, he's still determined to get that ACC championship and I do think he's had a few teams that maybe were good enough if the chip fell fell the right direction um what was his takeaway well what was your takeaway from talking to Dave uh about all this yeah I mean he was very upfront like the potential is to win the league um and I think that you know it's it's certainly important to note that NC State has been stuck in an Atlantic division that's been really competitive and that was one of his points was that he's very excited that um, divisions have been dropped, not just from a competitive standpoint, but from the fact that, you know, he would have kids who'd be in this program for five years and they'd never play Duke, who was 20, 30 minutes down the road. Um, so I think that's part of it. And, and, and that dynamic, I think, is going to be really interesting because that was Mike Lennon's point, too, was that, OK, there's no longer the, for lack of a better term, excuse of of the divisions. Um, but Doran was really optimistic and, and I had a lot of respect for him sitting down and having that conversation with me when it was not necessarily an easy topic um, about, you know, you've, you've been here for 10 years now, like why can't we get over the hump type thing? Mm-hmm. Um, but he seemed to think that, and Boo Corrigan sort of echoed that, that they, they have everything they need. Um, 
it's now just just time to go do it. How much have you, in your opinion, somebody who covered the ACC and been around it, how much do you think division did play a role in it? Because that's something I've always thought. I was one at the beginning who said everything's going to go in cycles, but after about seven, eight years, I, I gave up on a cycle coming back around. Um, how much do you think division played into it? I mean, the numbers are themselves. I think the Atlantic won 12 out of 17 ACC championships. 11 out of 12 belonged to two programs, Florida State and Clemson. Um, the only two BCS slash college football playoff teams in the ACC were in the Atlantic. Um, do you think life could have been potentially different for NC State, I guess I would say, if it was in the Coastal? My read on it, and this is just my opinion, is I think that NC State certainly could have competed for an ACC championship had they been in the Coastal, especially when we look back at that wacky stretch where literally every team in the Coastal won the Coastal from, I think it was 2013 to 2019. I see no reason why NC State, honestly, I really think they could have dominated the Coastal had they been on that side of it. Yeah. I, I don't know that it would have changed the ACC championship outcome, though, because you, right. you, you'd still have to play Clemson. You'd still have to play Florida State. I mean, they got I mean, they got stuck behind a hot Clemson team when Doran first got there, a hot Florida State team. Then you've got a hot Louisville team with Lamar Jackson. Um, Wake Forest always gives people trouble. So I think it, it was an uphill battle for them, and I, I think they could have made a, a nice living in the Coastal, but I, I don't know that they would have consistently won it. I still think Clemson and Florida State would have done what they ultimately did. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, it just would have been nice to – now that we're done with divisions, it's a entry state perspective. Yeah. Three teams that never make an appearance in the Atlantic Coast Conference Championship game, and you're one of the three. The other two also happen to be – from the Atlantic and Louisville, which seemed kind of weird. Um, yeah. Syracuse was a bit more sure. predictable. Um, how much do you think was bad luck? I mean, did, did they, a lot of people talk to you about just having bad luck, as you mentioned, with the injuries and stuff like that? Is there a feeling like it's just at some point they got to have better luck? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the injury situation, I think, is just – just really bad luck. I mean, you look last year and, and Devin Leary, who I thought was going to be arguably the best quarterback in the country, um, certainly one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC last year. You lose him, obviously, in week six. Um, I thought that was a huge, huge loss for them. The year before, I mean, you look, I think it was, and correct me if I'm wrong, It's they're in late October and they're down four defensive starters, including yeah. Peyton Wilson. Um so that kind of stuff is just really tough, and and I think that's a luck thing. But I also think that that's where your depth comes in. That's where your recruiting comes in. Um, that and that was a point that Mike Devine made at, at a school like Clemson. When their running back goes down, they got another five star on the bench that comes right back in. And so um, that's an area where I do think I think the stat that really surprised me was that in in ten years, Doran assigned one top thirty class. Um, and I, I think that's a little bit of an indictment on on NC State's depth, in my in my opinion. Yeah, I remember uh, we're talking to an NC State coach who remained nameless. I think it was um, Nick Saban at Alabama had a quote when they lost a player to an injury. He said, "Do you think when we lose a five star NFL player, we poop out another five star <laughs> NFL player to replace him?" And the NC State coach told me, "Yes, I do. Yes. I do. <laughs> I do. That's what you do." <laughs> um, and that's the big difference. What do you think the biggest challenge for like, that divisions have gotten out of the way? 
Um, what do you think will be some of the biggest challenges for NC? I've already contended NC State just lacked a breakthrough. And yeah, I feel like your numbers about the coaches are kind of spot on. You can win at NC State, but breaking through has kind of been that problem. And once you get that breakthrough, maybe then you can elevate recruit into top 20 classic. Then you start having depth and then your overall program elevates. Um, and we'll just, what's your take on that? What will it take, do you think, for NC State to finally have that ACC championship trophy in the mostly center lounge? Yeah, I'm with you. I think there's just something to be said now at this point. It's going on 44 years to just doing it, you know, and getting over the hump and getting that um, mental uh, pressure. I did ask Doran about that. I thought that was interesting. Um, I asked him just what he heard about his team every year from an external standpoint. Um, and he said, he, honestly, he didn't really think that there were high expectations externally of NC State except for last year, um, which I thought was was fascinating. Um, but I, I I don't know that I fully buy that players don't think about this every year. You know, um, I think it's it's got to be on your mind. And especially when you had a team like last year's that was so talented going in and, and had so much national media hype going in. I think it's natural for any human being to think about it. Um, but I'm with you. Like momentum is a really, really crucial thing in college football. It's a really powerful thing. And I think if they can just do it once – um, from there, they can they can sort of see it continue to build on itself. I know uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Joe Gillio um, from the Wiley Nugent Observer, and then uh, got his own podcast now. Yeah, yeah. Um, he always subscribed to the Law of the Wolf. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but to our, to our listeners, basically, it's when expectations are high, it's mainly especially on men's basketball, it always seems to be the case they they do really poorly. They, well, not poorly, but failed to meet expectations. When expectations are low, that's when NC State seemed to do its best. Did you, did you buy into that a little bit from talking to Dave Dorn, where he said last year was probably the first time he felt expectation? You get a sense of that, that NC State does seem to do better when maybe they fly under the radar a little bit? I think they like flying under the radar. I got that sense from Doran where he said we that's kind of how we feel as we feel like we fly under the radar. Um, but yeah, I think that's sports in general, right? Like there's something to be said to just being able to perform with a, a certain sense of freedom and not that you don't, obviously not that you don't want people to expect things of you, but um, you know, there's, there is something about being an underdog um, that, and I think that that was something that really helped Clemson when they were, you know, going head to head with Alabama in these, in these national championships, no one expected the ACC to be able to take down, you know, the SEC and Alabama and Nick Saban and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I think there's a freedom to that. And I think, like you said, once they do it and get over the hump, which eventually I think they will, right? Like at some point this has to happen. Um, then it builds from there and then you, you get your recruiting and, and all of those, all of those things follow. Yeah, you're talking to a Cubs fan, so I fully, <laughs> I fully believe at some point in life <laughs> it has to happen. So, uh, unfortunately, there were a lot of Cubs fans who never saw that in their lives. But at some point, something good has to happen. Um, so, so, do you have some more stories like this coming up? I'll give a little plug to the Athletic and, and any future projects that you think NC State fans or ACC fans might be uh, interested in. 
Yeah. So we've got this whole series. I think if I'm, I'm, I think Florida's coming up this week. I'm not entirely sure on that. So don't quote me on that, but I think Florida is, is coming up this week. Um, and then I'm also working on a project for a couple weeks, just sort of recruiting revisited. And I also have NC state for that. Just looking back at some of the most pivotal recruiting moments, um, sleepers, uh, developmental guys that became stars, you know, all that stuff, just sort of historically looking at that. Um, but I think it's, I, I will say, I, I don't think NC State's situation is a little bit unique just because it's been so long, but I think they're far from the only program in the country that is sort of a little bit under this microscope where we're all waiting for them to take the next step. And I think that's what this series at The Athletic will explore is other teams sort of at this same juncture. Yeah. I think if you're an NC State fan, too, the good news is that they get a level of respect. It's almost like, why is this team always so consistently? Sure. You know, but they just can't quite get that you know it's like they're the red Sox of before they won the world series or something similar to that so um grace i appreciate you so much i know uh it's been a busy time for for you and you got a lot going on and i appreciate you taking some time to kind of spotlight this story you can check it out on the athletic it's uh called nc state football and the never-ending search for the elusive hc championship do you know how many words it ended up being I can tell you right now, actually. Let me look. I think if I had to guess, I think it was probably in the 2000 range. But yeah, yeah, my transcripts were very long, um, which is always a good problem to have, right? Um, Let's see. It was, this is taking a lot longer than I thought it would, 2,319. That's good. All right. That's a lot of words about NC football. So be sure to check it out. You can also follow Grace, by the way, on Twitter at GM Rayner. That's R A Y N O N O R. Um, easy enough to remember. You can follow us on the Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on YouTube at The Wolfpacker. So we make it nice and easy for you. Um, and a quick reminder please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please check out this podcast wherever you get it and rate and review, leave a comment, maybe leave your thoughts on why NC State hasn't won an ACC championship since 1949. I saw on Twitter when I retweeted the story, somebody said Toy Smith, which is in reference to the 2010 game against Maryland when all yep. NC State had to do was beat Maryland. And Toy Smith, who was a great receiver, played a long time in the NFL, caught five touchdown passes. And single-handedly ruined um, NC State chances of winning an ACC championship with Russell Wilson. Yep. Back. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. That's one of those moments, right? Where if you're an NC State fan, you you can almost feel it right there, and then something happens. Yeah. And a few weeks before that, they had lost to a poor Clemson team thanks to a decision. Time O'Brien made the punt on fourth and like four from the. 35-yard line of Clemson, and I think they were down like 14 to 10 mm. with two or three minutes to go. And the punt ended up being a four-yard punt. Oof. He shanked it, and then it took a bad bounce on top of it. Oh, yeah. And he ended up losing that game to Clemson. Um, and I remember Tom explaining it to me in the press, not just me, in the press conference. He took sure. five minutes to explain. I remember timing it. I was like, You're taking you five minutes to explain a punt, and it probably wasn't the right decision. Yep, yep. Anyway, I digress. Um, 
Another reminder, please check out our sponsor, rogueshop.com, R-O-G-U-E-S-H-O-P.com. For all your natural, legal, safe cannabis needs, if you have uh, anxiety or sleep deprivation, chronic pain, any of those issues, and you've been struggling to find some of the uh, cures for it or something that helps you out, give it a try. Can't hurt. They have some real-life human beings. They're willing to chat with you and point you in the right direction for what might best help you. So for Grace, this is Matt Carter, and this has been the Wolfpacker Show. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.